listen, today is an exciting day. Today is a day that we've been preparing for for a pretty long time. It's a day that we are, um, as a church, very excited about. But let me just turn to you and say, in my entire life, 25 years of pastor, in August, I will be the pastor of Cowboy Church 25 years. That means, yeah. That means I started Cowboy Junction at five years old. Yes. <laughs> yeah, never mind. Yeah. So I, I, I've never preached on what we're preaching about today. But today is a miracle for us. And, and, and don't get comfortable today. Um, it's a big deal. Let me tell you why it's a big deal. Today, Cowboy Junction Church not only goes from being a church plant, but now Cowboy Junction Church goes into church planting. Now, maybe you've never heard that phrase before, church planting, but it's our phrase that we use to describe whenever we get an opportunity to go to another portion of the world and plant a church in that world that we believe is a Christ-centered, Holy Ghost-filled, Jesus-anointed, purpose-driven church. And this is our opportunity in this incredible venture we've been on for, for the last year, if not a little bit longer, to start a church in Austin, Texas with the Coochers. Now, today's a big day because we've been preparing in our church for a while now an offering that we've been getting ready, we've been praying about. I know our family has been praying, asking God, God, what do you want us to do? And um, we've written a check. It's in my pocket right now. No, you can't see it. And, and at the end of the, the message today, we're going to bring the buckets up on front and we are going to honor God by kicking off this love offering, if you will, this church plant offering for the Rescue Church in Austin, Texas. But before we do that, I think we have, a need, had, we have to have a little pep talk. We need to know what this is all about. Because you could be in this room today, and it could be your very first time at Cowboy Junction, you think to yourself, why did I pick today? Oh, I'm glad you're here today. <laughs> now, you may be here today, and you've just been going for a few weeks, and you're like, wait, I thought, I've never been to a church before where they thought outside the walls. It was always about inside the walls, inside the walls. So this is new for me. Maybe you're at Cowboy Junction, you've been here for years, and you're thinking, this will be interesting. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we just went into a big building program, and um, what do we, is this really what we're supposed to do, plant churches? Well, all that and more is coming for you today and this message, but I think we need to pray and ask God to open our ears and our hearts to receive. Are you ready? Yes. Thank you, Jeff. Thank you. Are you ready? Amen. Jesus, we love you. This is a moment in our church where we're really kind of curious, what do we do? What do we do when we're asked to get uncomfortable? What do we do when we're supposed to let go? What do we do when our church begins to do things it's never done before? And Father, today, I turn to you, who is the one who teaches us to do the things that are kingdom your kingdom, the kingdom of God. So today we, we blow any myth. Is this Ty's idea? Absolutely not. Father, you put this in our heart. Is this Jeff and Kelly's idea? Absolutely not. You put this in our heart. But now I pray it's not just words. Would you show us in your word 
where it's your kingdom to grow the kingdom and to plant churches. Lord, we love you. We trust you. We thank you. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Acts. Today I want to take you to the book of Acts. In fact, one of the things I tell everybody who asks me, where do I start reading in the Bible? If you've never read the Bible before and you really want to, here's what I tell everybody. Do not start at the beginning of the book. Do not start in Genesis. My goodness, please don't start there. You're going to enjoy it for the first few chapters, and then from there, there's going to be a million questions. By the time you get to Leviticus, you're going to even doubt you're a, you're a Jesus follower anymore. Just trust me, okay? The goal is us for us to see Jesus everywhere, including Genesis. So what I tell everybody, read Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Then read it again. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Then read it again. My son, Brady, is on a reading program right now, and for the rest of the year, he will just read Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John over and over and over and over again. Why? Once again, it's because then if you could go anywhere in the Bible, you will have such a rhythm of recognizing Jesus and who he is. You can see him everywhere, including the Old Testament. And this is the heart of what it means for us to know our Bible. Not to just read through the Bible. Heck, even atheists know the Bible. Even the devil knows the Bible. We're looking for Jesus everywhere, okay? But as soon as you have the rhythm of Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, I can't wait for you to get to the book of Acts. It is one of my most favorite books of all time because all the cool stuff that comes from what Jesus did in us, now it comes all the things that he now gives us access to. And one of the things that happens to all the access that we have in Christ through the Holy Spirit or that gives access to the Holy Spirit is now you begin to see the church grow. The portion of scripture that we're going to start off with today is this portion of scripture and I want you to see the heartbeat behind it. That it wasn't easy to start churches. It wasn't a piece of cake to start churches. It was difficult. But before we read this, let me put something in your heart. Every one of you that have accepted Christ as your Savior, if Jesus is your Lord, if you know that you are saved, if you know that you're going to heaven, if you know that you have a relationship with God the Father because of Jesus, and you're in this room right now, you are a byproduct of somebody who received the great commission in their life to go to all the world and preach the gospel. And one of the biggest mistakes that can take place is if we just stop with us. Because they, whoever told you about Jesus, didn't stop with them. They had to pray about the courage. And they had to pray about the boldness. And believe it or not, they actually prayed that you wouldn't hate them. <laughs> by sharing Jesus. Amen. And they had to walk in one day with their heart beating out of their chest. And turn to you and go, I was wondering if you wanted to go to church with me sometime. I was wondering if maybe we could have lunch sometime. And I'd like to tell you about all the questions you've been asking about Jesus. I'd like to tell you my story about Jesus. And you may have never thought they look so calm. They look so cool. They look like they've done it a million times. And you have no clue that they were sweating bullets. Because it was, it's a big deal to them. And they wanted it to be a big deal to you. So you are a byproduct of somebody 
who said, I'm going to go and I'm going to tell others about Jesus. And we look in Acts. And it's Acts chapter 14, verse 21. You sense the heart of church planting. It says, and when they had preached the gospel to that city and made many disciples, they returned to Lystra, Iconium, and Antioch. Okay, but then look what happens. It says they returned back to the people that they had just led to Jesus, and he, they began to disciple them, strengthening the souls of the disciples. They strengthened them. Then they exhorting them to continue in the faith and saying, we must, through many tribulations, enter the kingdom of heaven. Stop. A few things are happening here. First of all, they do the obvious. They're preaching the gospel at every city they go to. And then they go back to the cities they preach the gospel and they strengthen the souls of the disciple, exhort, exi- disciples, exhorting them to continue in the faith. So they're encouraging each other. They're sharpening iron. They're giving correct theo- theology. They're teaching people how to trust in the Lord with all their heart. All the while, they're boldly stating, hey, listen, we may have to go through many tribulations to do this, but it's worth it. It's worth it. This intimidates a lot of people when they read this part. We must, through many tribulations, enter the kingdom of God. But do you realize there is an enemy? There is an enemy. And let me just tell you this. For everybody that doesn't know there's an enemy, maybe the devil to you looks like a guy in a onesie with a pitchfork and a couple of of Muppet um, horns on his head. That's not what the devil looks like. He's an actual enemy. And what you begin to find is that when you were no threat to the devil, he didn't bother you one bit. But the moment you chose to follow Jesus, all hell breaks loose. And the reason why, because it would be horrible for his plan is if Jesus comes into your life and you were to share Jesus with the ones that are in your life. And so the attack begins. But the disciples were really cool. They said, hey, we must, through many tribulations, enter the kingdom of God. Which means for us to bring the kingdom into the world, it may get hard. It may get difficult. But it's worth it. And that's what we're going to talk about today. It being worth it. I want to stop and pause and just let you know that um, this is a moment that every one of us needs to think about how nobody likes change. Nobody likes change. I don't like change. You don't like change. And this is a moment we're asking our church to change. We can go to the next point. Go ahead, guys. And, and one of the things that I, I just want to stop and pause for a minute and let you know that in my life, I love when change changes for me. Not when I have to change. I love when everybody changes to fit my direction. I love when everybody changes to fit my needs. Can I tell you one of my most favorite words in the English dictionary? Comfortable. Comfortable is one of my most favorite words. And can I tell you something? If you want to win everybody in your church as a preacher, pick all the comfortable scriptures. Everybody cheers you on. I love you, Ty Bean. You are so awesome. But the moment you want to make everybody mad, teach something that stretches everybody's faith. And so I want you to know that from my standpoint, I 
really don't like change unless it's going to change around me. But there's a few things I've learned about change, one of them being this. Change takes on my personality every time. We sometimes think that change is actually the personality. But do you realize you're going through changes right now? Some of your kids have just graduated and you've learned that however you see the change with your kid graduating is how the whole family has wrapped their personality around the change. Maybe you got a bad news, but how you wrapped your personality around the change is how the change took on a personality. When we come into a church and we introduce change, like we're going to plant a church in Austin, I go back to reminding myself, Ty, don't think that the change has a personality. The change always takes on your personality. And so it's very easy for me to stop and have to pause and ask, what personality do I want this change to take? So today, not only are we talking about church planning, but we're talking about how do we as individuals handle change. Now in this, I want you to know, I, I still don't change very good. So when Jeff and Kelly a year ago turned and said, I think it's time, We're going to go to Austin. We're going to start a church. My first word was crap. That's Greek for something else, but. Now, they'd been preparing us for a couple years. We just feel led to go start a church someday. We feel led to go start a church. But in my mind, I'm thinking, but we need you. We need you. We need you because I could see Jeff being a great pastor. I can see Jeff, in fact, being possibly a pastor we put somewhere maybe in Seminole someday or, or, or maybe in, 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 in Jowl someday. I could, I, could, I could see him being, maybe he could take over this church someday. I would like to retire, come back when I've got a good series to preach, give him the month off. You guys would be glad to see me only once a month or, 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 or a month a year. That would be good. Nobody cheered. That was really good. That was awesome. Yes. But when Jeff came in, I wanted you to know my first reaction was just that. But over the years, I've learned, breathe, take a deep breath. My deep breath on that day looked like this. I got up out of my chair and I'd walked and turned my back to Jeff and Kelly, did I not? And I walked to the window and I pulled the window up and I just looked out at JCA playing. Now that reminded me of something. There was once a day that a Miss Krill Watson came to me and said, I feel like God's telling me to quit the public school system and start a school at Cowboy Junction Church. And my reaction was the very same reaction. (laughs) And the reason why is because she was single. This was her retirement. She was two years away from retiring. I mean, we didn't even have a building, much less a building that, can, can, that could help an a, a, a elementary school. And do you know that this weekend, Cowboy Junction Church with Junction Christian Academy had 130 kids that went to the next level, grade level at Cowboy Junction, Junction Christian Academy. That means that on a weekly basis during school the school year we are discipling in our 
private education here. 130 kids who we can pray with, read scripture with, encourage, counsel, and learn how to read, write, and do arithmetic. All the cool things. These, these are lives being changed, but it never starts off with your flesh going, this is a great idea. But it's a lesson for every one of us that your change takes on your personality. Over the last several years, here are some things that I've learned in regards to people. As I looked out the window and I'm reminded of what God can do and how God is growing us, and he's growing us through people, one of the things I realized that is this. There is value in people because God values people. This is the kingdom of God. You may think that the kingdom of God is all about you. And let me just tell you, it is, but it was only about you whenever someone was trying to get you into the kingdom. We were trying to reach you. And you were one of the people that we valued because God valued you. But now that you're a Christ follower, it kind of says to tell you you're still valuable. You're, you're amazingly valued. You're just as valuable on the day that you felt valued. But the test is, is if now you can turn and value people. And the, it's not a message that's going to change your heart. It's not a great preacher who's going to change your heart. It's the realization the kingdom of God is wrapped around. God values people. It's the reason why we need to value people. Now, if you're in this room, you're like, I don't like people. You're probably not going to like the kingdom of God either. But it's the difference between maturity and immaturity. And if we just think maturity comes because we got older, you missed it. I have seen some of the most immature, self-centered old people <clears throat> I've ever seen in my life who call themselves Christians. But the real test is when you can stop and pause and say, okay, this is ridiculous. God, what do you love? And God says, I love people. It's why I sent my son. And it's why he went. And it's why he chose to die on the cross, because he loves people too. Do you not realize our family business is we're in the people business? In fact, let me just show you real quick. Where'd my little ball go? Wait, where? Oh, there it is. It's over there. There we go. Okay. Yes. There we go. Excellent. When I first accepted Christ as my Savior, I realized that I needed a Savior. And I accepted Christ as my Savior, but the moment that I did, discipleship began in my life. And I turned to God and I said, now what? I'm saved, I'm going to heaven, but I've still got to live on this earth. And he pointed me to the Bible. Now, I put a little bookmark here so that everybody could see it. But one of the first scriptures I found that I pulled out of the Bible was a scripture that reminded me who I am in Christ Jesus. And it had a lot to do with salvation. This string represents the scripture that came alive to me. And it was, you are a new creation in Christ Jesus. You, Ty Bean, are a new creation in Christ Jesus. And I knew that Jesus came and died for me. And so this whole story 
began in my life. This whole scripture went to work in my life. I could be busy, I could slow down. But it still revolved around, I am a new creation in Christ Jesus. I am a new creation in Christ Jesus. But then there became a point where I just began to think, well, let's find out some more things that I am. And the more that I searched about me, the more it became about me. And it was almost as if my purpose was shrinking. When I read the Bible and it was only for me, it was like everything I am made to be in this world shrank. And when I read things and it was all about me, it got to the point to where there was just no purpose in what I did at all. And so I just began to pray, God, I just lost all joy in you. I've lost all love. I don't even like people. I don't even like the world I'm in. I'm wondering what was the whole purpose in being saved anyway? And God revealed to me, all you're doing is reading the Bible for your personal gain and pleasure. Now, it's still true. I'm a new creation in Christ Jesus. But when I began to share my faith with people and tell them God's plan for their life and give it expanded my world. It expanded my joy as my friends began to hear something I've never heard, but they've never heard before. And when I began to sow even deeper scriptures, you know, the Lord directs our path. His lamp is a light to our feet. You could, you could know this too. It, and I shared it with people. It expanded my world. But when I read it for myself, it did nothing but shrink my world. I couldn't read enough that satisfied me. You know why? Because I am an empty hole. But when I began to share it with people, and then when I began to notice that Scripture is full of all kinds of things that remind me, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters and restoreth my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. And I began to share it with my friends. I began to find that even though they were about me, they were also things that I could share with this world. And when I was willing to share them with this world and then go to my friends, it was amazing how God expanded my world even more. Let's get this thing going. And all of a sudden, instead of it just being all about me, it began to be about this is what God loves is the us. Oh, don't even get me started on when you begin to study Acts and how in Acts, there's this whole story of going to all the world and preach the gospel. Oh, yeah. Guys, let me just tell you. When Heather and I finally adopted that it wasn't just about us, God began to take us out of our selfish, immature selves and began to put us in some areas we could have never gone by ourselves. I need a little bit more weight, don't I? High school rodeos, college rodeos, college Bible studies. Gosh, um, then the church moved to Sundays. And then the church moved. Well, you guys get the point, don't you? <laughs> See, the fact is, how many of us are so selfish? It's all about us. We wonder why our world is not growing. Our love is not growing. Our patience is not growing. Our kindness is not growing. Our, our relationship with God's not growing. But if you would start loving people, you would find you mature. I've struggled with this. I know you have too. 
I had to learn how to put other people first. But then I also had to learn this. Who we are determines how we see others. Who you are determines how you see other people. Let me give you an example. You ready? Get this one. Hurting people hurt people and are easily hurt by them. There was one day I had to realize, Ty, you're still hurt. And you either hurt people or are hurt by people. And there was a healing that needed to take place in my heart of forgiveness for me to ever teach people how to forgive. Can I just turn to you right now and say that God wants to heal you from people so that you can heal people. If you ever want to pastor a church someday, (laughs) yeah, bad idea, bad joke at this point. Yes. God's first going to have to work on your heart. But you're going to have to let him work on your heart. And from your heart, then you have a chance to go love people. But one of the reasons that you may not like people is because hurting people hurt people and are easily hurt by them. Another thing I had to learn was this. When I have a problem with everyone, I'm usually the problem. Has anybody ever had a problem with everybody? Don't raise your hand. I have. And I've had to go back to the reality that if anybody should have a problem with everybody, it's God. And he sent his son. And if God can love people through their mess, I know I can know my mess and allow God to transform me to be able to love people in their mess as well. Church planting is what we're here today to talk about. And in the middle of a church going, but we're going to be losing them and we're going to be losing. And what's, what's the point of starting a church there if, we're, if God's called us here? The other day I ran into somebody and they said, mission work starts at home. And it was their way of saying that no one should go preach in Africa or Indonesia or Austin, Texas. <laughs> until we preach the gospel in our hometown. And I was kind of under the assumption that that's exactly what we were doing in our hometown so that we could also go tell in other towns about Jesus. But it's generally the people who say that we should just take care of everybody in our town that aren't doing anything for their town. And we've got to realize that faith will always put us in situations that stretches our faith to have to trust God completely that he's putting us where he wants us to go to do what it is he's called us to do. So let's talk about this. Church planting is absolutely necessary. It's one of these moments that we realize a few things. Number one, when we plant churches, we're fulfilling Jesus's request. Yeah. When we plant a church, when we have somebody stand up and say, I feel like God's called me here and they are qualified, and they are prepared, and they are organized, and they are ready to go, we are fulfilling Jesus' request. 
In Luke chapter 14, verse 23, it says, Go out to the highways, the hedges, and compel people to come in, that my house may be full. When we plant churches, we're actually saying that church planting encourages and sharpens the body of Christ. It causes a church to step out of their comfort zone. One of the things that I've said many times, it's okay for this church to have a small town heart because we're a small town. And there's some good things that happened in a small town. We should never lose our small town heart, but we have got to lose our small town mentality. If we think small, we'll always be small. And the kingdom of God will always be small in us. But when Jesus says, have faith, can you not see that I am doing something and inviting you to be a part of it, that you have the opportunity to say, God, I don't completely understand, but if this is you, I'm on board. Let's go tell Austin about Jesus. Let's bless the coochers and the families that are going with them. And in Acts chapter 14, verse 25, it says this, when they arrived and gathered the church together, they de- declared all that God has done with them and how he had opened a door of faith to the Gentiles. Now, why is this such a big deal? Because you read the beginning part of this to where they went and preached at all these different cities. And as they went back to those cities and encouraged and discipled people, Then they all got together around a meal and they talked and they all talked about all the places they'd been and the things that God had done and how he had opened a door of faith to the Gentile people. And do you know that we're going to get feedback from the rescue church saying, guys, we just led our first person to Jesus. Guys, we just led our hundredth person to Jesus. Guys, you can't believe the tattoos and crazy hairdos we got going to our church right now. But they're falling in love with Jesus. We're going to send you a video. We want you to rejoice with us. And you will remember this day that you might have walked in with your heart a little confused. Possibly a little frustrated. Just like a sower sowing a seed. What gardener ever holds on to a seed and expects a harvest? But a true gardener knows that you have to let go to see the harvest come out. Church planting is necessary. Why? Because church planting transforms communities. It does. If no one goes, how are they going to know? In Romans chapter 10 verse 14 it says, how then will they Call on him in whom they have not believed. And how are they to believe in him who they have not heard? And how are they to hear without someone preaching? And how are they to preach unless they're sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who preach the good news. This is how the gospel spreads. By someone sent from a church to go be a church in another community. Fourth and final thing, and I want you to get this. If you know Jesus, you're already a church planner. Because someone, like I said at the very beginning, had the courage to tell you about Jesus. Someone had the courage to invite you to church. Let me tell you why I'm glad there are people here today that you may not know Jesus. Maybe you got invited by a friend today and your friend's sitting there going, man, if 
I known that today was the day. I mean, this is a weird day to ask my friend to come to church. It's a weird day. Let me just turn to you and say it's a fantastic day. Because for anybody in the room who has never accepted Christ as their Savior before, I think you've heard through this whole message just how valuable you are. If, you're, if you don't believe, you still belong. If you don't believe, you still belong. And I stand on that scripture, on that statement, based on the way that Jesus lived his life. He turned to a bunch of people who didn't even believe in him and said, that's okay, I'm coming to your house to have dinner tonight. And it was because of his relationship and his love that they saw in him that they finally put their faith in him. Do you know that since this church began, we didn't do it the typical way. The first outreach we ever did at this church was the Lee County Championship. You know, most people don't even know what that is. But all the churches were having church on Sunday, so we just snuck around the corner and had a roping on Sunday morning. And there was one church that got really mad because they thought that we didn't need to have church ropings on Sunday morning. I turned to them and I said, listen, it's okay. We're just, all the heathens are going to go to the roping and all the Christians are going to go to your church. Is that okay with you? And he said, well, that's okay with me. And I said, good. As I walked out the door and just took it. And the fact was, it was true. All the Christians were going to go to his church and all the heathens were going to the roping. And guess what we were doing at the roping? We were telling people about Jesus. And we just kept encouraging the churches. We're not here for competition. We're not here for competition. We just want to lead people who don't know to Jesus to Jesus. And we did that for years. Y'all remember when I went out in the tractor and planted three acres of pumpkins out there, invited the whole community to come out. We didn't know 4,000 people were going to come to pick free pumpkins. And the guy who had the van that kept stealing all the pumpkins, congratulations. <laughs> <laughs> That guy made a fortune. He's, he went on the corner the next day and sold all of our pumpkins that we gave him at the fall festival. Oh, that, we've got some funny stories, man. But if you're here in this room today and you go, this is my church home. They did things that I didn't know you could do in a church to reach me. You bet we did. Because you matter to God. And that's why you matter to us. You're already a part of church planting. Church planting, change, it challenges us. It tests our faith. It tests our desires. It, 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 it causes us to disciple leaders, to just allow them to ask the big question, God, where do you want me? What do you want me to do? Church planting causes us to be even more dependent upon God. It stretches our vision. It gets us in line with kingdom vision and not our personal vision. It teaches our young people, our young people, what's most important. Young people growing up in this church are experiencing a church that says we may lose people to plant a church, but we're not losing them. We're actually expanding the kingdom. Church planting teaches our young people things that are more important. It gives each and every one of us a moment to embrace kingdom reward in his treasure. And one of my favorite stories in Acts, this is so cool. For, uh, no, 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 go, keep going. Uh, Acts chapter 16, verse 9. During the night, Paul had a vision of a man in Macedonia standing and begging him. Okay, so Paul's asleep and he has this vision of this Macedonian man 
begging him, come over to Macedonia and help us. And Paul goes to sleep and sees the vision of a man saying, can you please come to Macedonia and help us? Now after he had seen the vision, immediately he sought to go to Macedonia, concluding that the Lord had called called us to preach the gospel to them. That's one of my favorite stories of one minute a guy was sound asleep and then the vision of the Lord moved him the very next day.